Welcome to The Read Along. A mini book club for your ears. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one one chapter chapter at at a time. time. Do you like talking about movies? Do you like talking about mediocre movies? Do you like talking about how you could have fixed mediocre movies? Well, I certainly do, and you can listen to me, Scott C. Bourgeois, along with my co-hosts Greg Beaver and Liam Kreswick, as we give our notes, and I have some notes. You can follow it now on your podcatcher of choice, or support it by visiting patreon.com slash I have some notes. got back from summer camp kind of yeah it was a weekend thing yeah it wasn't like a whole week long to do or anything no <laughs> also we're grown-ups and summer camp isn't really a thing we get to do very often no but our friends uh frequented a summer camp for several years um that offers like a family weekend yeah and basically they were like so what we could do is we could slyly invite all of our friends who have kids to come and enjoy a weekend at family camp, and then we would book up the camp with just us, and we could turn it into a hangout with all of our friends. More or less, we were basically offered a private family camp. Yeah. Right? Like, by invite only. Yeah. And so we did, and it was great. Yeah. Got to spend a weekend with friends in a camp environment where we weren't exactly, like, camping. It was very much glamping. (laughs) I wouldn't call that glamping well, either. Well, yeah, maybe not quite at the level of glamping, but I mean, staying in cabins, the food was provided by the camp. There was staff on hand to like yeah. do activities and stuff. Our son yeah. went out canoeing. Some of our group played Capture the Flag. Yeah. Right? We sat around the campfire at night and badly sang some songs. And then, yeah, had snacks and generally a good time. So it was it was a fun time. Yeah, we enjoyed it. Yeah. I had a really nice time anyway. Indeed. So... And I managed uh, to escape without a sunburn, so that felt good. Or significant bug bites. Actually. Hooray! Yeah. Uh, but it was it was a nice little weekend away with the kids and some friends with stuff to do. Being all family-like. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have to, like, monitor the kids 100% of the time because there were activities for them to do, and they were able to, like, keep themselves busy a little bit. It was nice. It was nice. Very summery. Yeah. It was, it was a nice weekend for it, too. It wasn't too cold, wasn't too hot. No, we had a beautiful sunny day. Yeah, unlike our uh, week-long trip to Kelowna where it was incredibly hot. Oh, I thought I was going to die. This was actually uh, a little more mild, so it was a little... For outside stuff, it was a lot better. Yeah, much better. And now we're back and we've read a book. And we have read a book, which uh, I guess we'll dive right into (laughs) because Nita's segueing brusquely. Um, With a a brief recap of our previous chapter, chapter 17... In which uh, the Queen sends Rosie out to do a bunch of investigating into Dr. Rachel Stiles. And unfortunately gets a little frustrated because none of her hunches seem to be coming back with any positive proof. Nothing definitively that disproves it, but nothing definitively that proves anything either. Yeah, things get a little stymied, hey? Yeah, and unfortunately she's kind of run out of time because her guests have started to arrive and it's birthday time. (laughs) And birthday time is where we find ourselves as we move into chapter 18 of The Winds Are Not by S.J. Bennett. The 
Queen is 90. Hooray! Birthday time has arrived. Woo! Indeed. Um, and obviously, when you are the monarch of a nation and it's your birthday, you are feted. Well, and a milestone birthday, like one's 90th birthday. Indeed. Right? And that means that, unfortunately for the queen, investigation has to go on the back burner because there are more important things to do. As she puts it, she has to be her normal self in public, and that has taken 90 years to perfect. Yes. So So she's basically, this is what I wrote in my notes, she's mostly Elizabeth being the queen in this chapter. Yes. She has to... She has to queen. Yes, she has to queen a lot. She has to queen. Yeah, all she over has the place. to. There's there's a, a series of events. There's like a parade, and there's like a couple ribbon cuttings that she's attending. Uh, one of the people who won the like Great British Bake Off has made a cake <laughs> that she unfortunately doesn't even get a chance to try. It looks very fancy, but is very fancy. Charles yeah. throws her a dinner. Right? Yeah, it's... which she describes as a very Charles affair. Yes, a very Charles affair. Uh, she wants. She says at one point in the chapter, or at least thinks to herself, like, she knew it was going to be a thing. It's her 90th birthday. She's the queen. She knew it was going to be a thing. But she was like, please try not to make it a big thing. She I'm a 90-year-old woman. Let's try to keep it a little, a little downplayed. She didn't want them to make a fuss. Yeah. And this was the least amount of fuss an entire nation can make for their monarch. Yeah, more or less. I also liked the part where she's discussing how they have, like, a queen mobile for her. <laughs> Because there is a concern for safety, but unlike the prime minister who can just be like thrown into an armored car and driven around, what point is the monarch if the monarch can't be seen is kind of the way yeah. she puts it. So it has to be like a Pope Mobile sort of affair. Well, she describes it as a, a Pope Mobile esque, right? Yeah. Range Rover made her her own car, and then Philip obviously dubbed it the Queen Mobile. Because, of course, he did. Because, of course, he did. Because he's a delight sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, being a milestone birthday, of course, all the family comes out to Windsor Castle as well, right? So, she's got all of her grandchildren and great-grandchildren and, you know, this huge royal gathering. So, of course, they all have their portraits done. Yeah, and uh, an American portraitist comes. And the Queen's like, you know, her photos are very good, but they're not very spontaneous. Yeah, she preferred the private snaps of people, like, caught I mean, in the middle of a laugh or just visiting together. Because then it feels more like a family. Yeah, it's not this, like, stiff, formal posing for a picture yeah, it's not kind staged. of thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. I get that, too. It's nice to have a good formal photo taken from time to time, but it's also nice to just have photos to look back on in candid moments. Yes, exactly. Indeed. <laughs> yeah, she even manages to sneak in a little nap with Philip at one point, so... Because they're 90. old. She's She's tired. Because <laughs> they're old. And while the queen is having her celebration, Rosie is kind of hanging back and just acting as middleman as one does. Uh, this would have been her day off, but there is no day off. Today. No, it's the queen's birthday. Yeah. Like, Rosie is busy. Rosie so, and Sir Simon are running mad. Yeah, they're basically wall-to-wall busy. And Rosie has also decided not to mention to the queen that there has been a development in the case. The one big clue we received this chapter. Apparently, Vadim, that is Yuri's manservant, yes. was beaten up very badly in a Soho alleyway. Yeah. And now, when this was revealed to Rosie, it was because she was called by Masha, who was all in a panic, being like, Yuri figured out that Vadim had helped me arrange this liaison with 
Brodsky and the architect, and so he's decided to punish Vadim, so he sent men after Vadim to beat him up, and, like, next he's going to be after me about it because he's going to know that I was involved, and Rosie's just trying to be like, calm down. (laughs) Rosie even thinks, like, these Russians are very melodramatic. Yeah, but it's understandable that Masha would think this way because she fears her husband, and she knows that her husband has a violent temper and has people who can do this kind of thing. Yes. But does it track, really? Why would Yuri care that Vadim had helped Brodsky have a liaison with someone else? I don't know. I don't know that he would. I don't know that he would either. Also, I don't know that this is directly related to our murder. I think it might be. I'm not entirely sold. If, If they were coming after Vadim to kill him... Why did they beat him instead of shoot him? You've gotten a little bit ahead of us without actually saying the thing here. Sorry. Which is that this might actually lead back to our first thought, which was that Brodsky was a case of mistaken identity. Yeah, someone was going after Vadim. Vadim had been the target for whatever reason. And because Vadim and Brodsky had essentially swapped places that night, the wrong person got murdered. And now that it has come out that Brodsky was killed... Vadim has now been targeted. You say, why not just shoot him or something? It might not be that easy. They might have been trying to make it look like a mugging. Again, they were trying to make the original murder look like something it wasn't. I know. And number two, if it was in an alleyway in Soho where he had just been cornered, that's a much more public place than quietly in a room away from people in the castle. I'm just saying a professional would have at least made sure his target was eliminated. You know what I mean? But we don't know that it was a professional. Why wouldn't it be? We don't know that it's an assassin who's doing this. No, I know. That's what I mean. Amateurs can still rack up a huge body count without being pros. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. I'm just saying I'm not entirely convinced that this is connected. It might be, though. And the reason I say it might be is because of, again, the the law of narrative conservation. Yes, a detective story is going to have some red herrings, but this is the only major clue that's dropped in this chapter. Is that Vadim has now been targeted. Agreed. It's the only thing case-related. We were already suspicious that something might be up with Vadim previously. So that kind of puts a drop back in that. And it would be weird that he would be coincidentally attacked in this time frame, completely unrelated to the events of Brodsky and possibly Stiles' murders. It just, again, seems very coincidental if that's the case. Right. And in a book like this... Are there coincidences? Maybe. Maybe, but probably not. Maybe. But probably not. And certainly Masha thinks that it was targeted. She doesn't think he was just randomly attacked in a homophobic beating, which is kind of what it's being framed as. Yeah, it's what the police said. But she's like, no, Yuri went after him because he knows what was going on. And my thought was, I get why she would think that. But from Yuri's perspective, who cares? Right? It's not like he was sneaking out to go and sleep with Masha, which he would care about. Yes, obviously. It was just Masha helping him hook up with someone else at the party. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Unless it's all about trying to keep Masha under his thumb, but this seems like an extreme reach for that. And why go after Vadim, a person who who is in his trust, to go after Masha? Yeah, exactly. Seems seems weird. Right? Seems weird. Also, I can only kind of justify this. Why would Masha call Rosie about this? If she's scared for her life... Does she genuinely think Rosie can help her? Well, she knows that Rosie was already kind of investigating 
the case and was one of the few people who knew the truth of what had happened. Yes, I know. Like, that's the only justification I have is that she feels Rosie's the only person she can talk to. Well... But what help is that going to be to her? Rosie's also kind of in an official position. So Masha might have just in a panic been like, who's the only official person I know who might be able to help? The person who was asking questions previously. I guess. Or there's a pointed reason why Masha dropped that information to Rosie. Because something else is going on. Maybe. It just, it feels like a bit of a reach. So either there's something I don't see, or this doesn't make any sense. It's, the official police line is, because the police know a man was badly beaten up. Well, yeah. Was, oh, well, he's gay. It's known he's gay. Homophobia, unfortunately, is a thing and has been on the rise in recent years. So probably it was an attack on him. And Masha doesn't buy it. There's not many people she can confide in who knows the truth of what happened at the party that yeah, night. Yeah, because if it, so, it's her theory that her husband is coming after her because of something that happened at the party. So yes. who can she tell? She can only really tell Rosie. And then who knows if Rosie can do anything about it, but maybe she just needs to tell someone. So that if then Yuri does something to her, because she's clearly afraid he's going to, she straight up says that he's going to, then if something happens to her, someone is suspicious. And might be able to tell the authorities at that point. Yeah. That's the only justification I there, have. There is, is a chain she, of logic. There, there. there is. Yeah. I just, some of it doesn't quite line up just right, you know? Well, so far, nothing in this case has lined up quite right. We're it's missing true. huge puzzle pieces that don't necessarily link Rachel Stiles' death with Brodsky's death. And we only have a very tenuous idea why Vadim and Brodsky might be linked. And that's because originally there might have been a case of mistaken identity. Yes. And now, only now, Vadim has been beaten to within an inch of his life in what was made to look like a homophobic attack. Yeah. Because he was the real intended target that night. I don't know. We still have to see. Yeah. Unfortunately, Her Majesty has not met her birthday deadline of solving this. No. And right? now and now the president and his family are showing up from the United States. Yeah. So, unfortunately, she did not meet her deadline. <laughs> but that does not mean she will not solve the case. Oh, no. I'm confident she will solve the case. Indeed. Because that's otherwise why were we reading this book? <laughs> Quite so. <laughs> right? But that's really the only pertinent mystery thing that happens to this chapter. Yeah. So this it's interesting the way this chapter is written because it's all about the queen prepping for her birthday celebrations and going through the motions of that. Mm -hmm. uh, Rosie taking a little note about what the queen is actually being like when she's out queening. Mm -hmm. Drops this information nugget on us. We get like two paragraphs. Yep. Short little paragraphs about this. And then we go back to the queen and her birthday celebrations. Yeah. And then we end with Philip being super duper sweet. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that he did not forget the Scottish fudge. He was just keeping it on the DL until her birthday yeah. to surprise so her. So he left it on her pillow with a little loving note. And and like, aw, it was so sweet. I was like, that's, oh, Philip, that was very sweet. Yeah. The chapter really ended on a high note. I mean, what do you get the woman who has everything? For her birthday, you get her the fudge she asked for. Get her for. the fudge she wanted. Yeah. This is an interesting chapter. One little nugget of info dropped. Everything else was all character piece. And I enjoyed it. As the queen does official queen stuff. Yeah. I'm worried that in the next chapter, like, the penny's going to drop and right. something horrible is going to happen. But who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe the visiting dignitaries will give her some new perspective that she hadn't considered. Oh, yes. A new clue will arise. Well, I mean, if there's some sort of like even vaguely international angle to what's going on, it's possible that an outside international perspective might 
accidentally drops some important information that right? she picks up on. Well, in the same right? way that going for that ride with Rosie reminded her the bit about the medal. Yeah. Right? And so she put together the imposter Rachel Styles. Who knows? But something else might come to light, right? Indeed. Exactly. This was a pretty short chapter, all things considered. And I think we kind of ran through it pretty effectively. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll want to read up on chapter 19 in time for next week. Uh, in the meantime, of course, you can always drop us a little rating and a review. We certainly appreciate that. and It helps us out. It sure does. And we like it. Yeah. You can also reach out to us on social media. Absolutely. We are on uh, the app formerly known as Twitter, which I believe is now X. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at The Read Along on most of them, so you can find us like that. Yeah, you can also send us an email. Absolutely. We are thereadalong at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, love you very much, and we'll see you next time. Happy Royal Birthday. Thank you for joining us on The Read-Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois. All read-along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read-Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.